reversing your diabetes, defeating your reliance on medications for high blood pressure, high cholesterol, stomach protectors, and heart problems. Imagine being free from your depression, not having your leg amputated, but it was a close call. Or what about learning to walk again, not needing your wheelchair? Just take a moment and imagine that. How would you feel? Or better still, what could have happened to you in the first place? Deep, hey? Well, in today's success talks, we invite Kim Smith to really demonstrate the power of success. And in this case, success of the mind. In her own words, she went from victim to survivor after a life-changing accident. And it is the same accident that she believes is a blessing. It was an incredible lesson of self-discovery. You will hear how it was never, never easy, but she took her condition head on with immense courage and strength. This is a story you will never forget, and I am extremely grateful for Kim to be here today to shed some light on what you could be doing differently if you want lasting change. Let's dive straight into meeting Kim. Kim, welcome to Success Talks. How is New Zealand life treating you? Oh, wow, Tammy, thank you so much. What an amazing introduction. Wow, I'm quite humbled already. New Zealand is fantastic. Honestly, I've, I took my first selfies. I got in my van driving down from Auckland down here to Wellington and I stopped and I took a selfie of me just uh, enjoying the sunshine with no mask on. It was incredible. <laughs> oh, so no, no masks are something that you're, you're allowed to do in New Zealand? Exactly. The only time I've had to put a mask on is when I got into an Uber yesterday. <laughs> that was... Oh, it's so liberating. It's liberating. <laughs> I bet. I do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, it, yeah. New Zealand's amazing. It's, it is fantastic being home. And after you get out of your isolation unit, because you spend two weeks in a pretty nice gilded cage, I have to say, uh, a nice hotel for two weeks. But yeah, it's great to be out. Great mm -hmm. to be out. Love it. Yeah, particularly with the sunshine. Uh, we're experiencing a few days of sunshine in the UK, but it's winter and we all know what yeah. happens around winter. It's not always <laughs> fun for us. <laughs> no, I remember it well. And like, you just had amazing dumps of snow. The only thing I loved about that sort of northern hemisphere life was looking forward to snow and you've just had incredible snow over there. Mm. Awesome. So Kim, can you set the scene for us? What was life like for you before your transformation? Yeah, it's, I, it, yeah, it, it was a life where I, you know, even before the accident, I lived with depression all the time and I'd got so used to being overweight and, you know, just as you do, as you get older, you sort of accept that you're going to be, I don't know, 15, 
20 kilos more heavier because you know that's how you age and I just thought well yeah high blood blood pressure medication that was the first one it's like well that's normal I'm in my 40s that's normal isn't it then you start adding things up um I I had a very 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 good job um it was one of those jobs that is going to look awesome on your CV um pretty much you can write your own ticket once you've had one of those jobs and as a chef you know, I was working for someone very high profile. Um, you know, it's a bit like getting a job at Buckingham Palace. You know, the pay's crap, but you know, once you've got that on your CV, you're good to go. Um, so yeah, like I was, tick- that was ticking ticking along. Um, yeah, and then I had the accident. I fell off a ladder, and you know, what's a chef doing up a ladder? You might ask, but that's a different story. Um, yeah, and in that split second, um, I fell off the ladder. I, concertine, I, I basically concertined my right leg. I tried to step off the ladder. Um, crazy. Um, and yeah, ended up in hospital. And yeah, and then the journey began. And I, it, I just became incredibly angry at life at that point. It was, yeah, not good stuff. Um, yeah, my relationship with God, if you like, was very much, I blamed him. It was always a him. Um, I, I, I was so angry. I, I thought, oh, my God, if you can give cancer to small children, innocent children, why can't you give it to me? Because I'm a bad person. I've lived, a, you know, I've done horrible things in my life. I've partied and enjoyed myself too much. So I deserve it. So give me cancer. He wouldn't give me cancer. I just had to keep facing the fact that I was in a wheelchair. And, yeah, it. Yeah, I spent several years actually being incredibly angry at life and trying to take revenge on my employer, um, trying to get heard. And yeah, there was no way forward. I was just a very miserable person to be around. <laughs> Terrible to think of it now. Yeah. But. Yeah, I can only imagine that's a lot of heavy weight to be. Um, carrying on yourself and that anger and so how you, you mentioned in the um, in the article about being a victim at this time how mm. did that impact you uh, personally and then those around you yeah well absolutely it um, yeah when you're in a victim mentality you'll get a lot of support this is what I found you'll get an awful lot of support people saying oh, yes, no, that's a terrible thing that happened to you. Um, you're right to be angry. Yes, no, you sue the bastards. Um, you do that. You'll get an awful lot of support as a victim because I think that's a very easy way to carry on. And I think that's where we get, we get trapped. We get trapped into those circumstances because we've got people around us that will agree with us. And, and, and it's, it's very easy to be able to blame we are at on everything else and not taking any kind of responsibility for where you're at. And it doesn't matter. I'm sorry, this probably sounds really harsh, but it doesn't matter where you are in life. If you've got you, if you're eating a shit sandwich, if if your life is crap, you have to look at yourself because honestly, you're the only person that can change it. You're the only person that can change where you are currently. Um, yeah. But that wasn't very clear for you at the time, was it? It was, it was just all about other people and blame. So 
why what what were the thoughts that were coming to your mind as a victim yeah. as the victim yeah um i just felt so justified i i've i felt justified in being angry um for the whole time i was awake um oh i, I had a catalog of reasons that i should be angry and i should you know everything was supporting me as being a victim um you know i would sit i as I put in the article, yeah, my day would start, I'd get out of bed and I'd just be on my bottom on the top floor and I'd get down the stairs like Winnie the Pooh and, and I put bump, bump, bump down there because I remember that line from the Winnie the Pooh books and I'd just, and I'd land in my wheelchair at the bottom of the stairs, get over to my laptop and then every, all my, all of the thinking, all my thinking was about, um, how do I get back at these people? Um, there was no, there was no positive direction. I was, I was thinking uh, at that time. It was just all about me, 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 poor me. No, it wasn't me, me. It was poor me, poor me, poor me. Um, and you know, and I, and it's somebody else's fault that I'm here. It's somebody else's fault that um, I can't walk. I can't, I've lost my career. It's all somebody else else's fault. And yeah, that that yeah, that's the victim mindset. And you're so well supported by your friends and family. That they're, they're doing the right things. They're being supportive. They're saying yes, you're right to be angry. Yes, you're you're right to be doing that and everything. You get so so much support as a victim um, that it really does take a big mind shift to then switch into, okay, I'm here. Now what the hell am I going to do about it? Mm. And that's, yeah, that's when I started looking. Mm. You said about um, the people supporting this victim mentality. Is that because they didn't want to upset you? They could tell that you were fragile and you wouldn't receive that information in the way that you needed to receive it? Or was it just all, all on them just protecting how they feel about that difficult conversation oh my god that's such a great question tammy that is such a great question no i people genuinely want to be supportive of you um, in that it's and they do recognize that you're incredibly fragile I've, i had i did have like my partner he would say things like well just just sort it out just sort it out which is the one of the stupidest things that people can say to you, actually. <laughs> you know, it's a bit like, you know, where did you lose it last? It's if you knew that, you wouldn't have lost it. Um, <laughs> yeah, just sort it out. What a crazy thing to say. Um, but that was that was his frustration um, when he said that to me. For the most part, it was just everybody being, oh, yeah, bless them. They, they're trying to be loving, they're trying to be caring um they think that they're saying the right thing um and you know and it's what you want to hear at that time you do want that support you you want to because yeah when I'm raging and uh, my employer for putting me in this situation I genuinely <laughs> I genuinely believe that um yeah your friends and family are the ones that you just yeah you want that soft place to fall it's a bit of bit of a Dr. Phil saying, but yeah, you, you expect your friends and family are going to support you in your, in your anger and your disappointment and your sadness. Um, absolutely, you're expecting that from your friends and family. Um, and I honestly don't think that they could have said anything any different to 
to change me from victim to survivor. Um, it's not their job, actually. It's not their job um, to do that. But yeah, that no, that yeah, my yeah, my partner was amazing at at supporting my me in my wheelchair and pushing me around. But yeah, saying to me every now and then, well, you just got to sort it out. Is not very helpful either. <laughs> and these like what they would perceive as positive and helpful words of wisdom how did that translate in terms of your behaviors so you talked about how um uh you turned to alcohol was there oh, other things that you were trying to cope with that was actually taking you from your current situation to something far worse yes yes oh it it was it, it actually yeah the support was enabling it, it enabled me um to get away with drinking at eight o'clock in the morning, um, yeah, getting the getting the uh, hearing the, the the reassuring beep 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 of the supermarket van pulling up and knowing that oh, there would be about eight boxes of wine in there, all for me, and I'd start drinking, um, and then yeah, once you're on that path, it's yeah, it's a slippery slope. Yeah, you you don't get better. You don't get better from it. Um, yeah, any <clears throat> support of the victim mindset just it gives you permission to do really bad shit, really bad shit. And I, I, I mixing alcohol with my painkillers because I was on oxycodone. Oh my goodness me! You, I didn't feel like I was getting a buzz, but I must have been. You, there's no way you get to drink three liters of wine per day, or that, I, that even switched up to. I found out I could get vodka delivered. Um, so then it became a bottle of vodka a day and all kept secret from my partner, all kept secret from my partner. Yeah, that was, that was the shocking thing. Mm. Yeah, I managed, uh, well, I thought I was hiding it, but I wasn't, obviously. I'd blame it, I'd say I took too many painkillers, but it wasn't. I had been absolutely boozed up to my eyeballs every single day. Um, yeah, terrible stuff. <laughs> Yeah, that like you say, it's a slippery slope. So mm. why why turn to the alcohol? You said that there's almost like a permission for it. Was there a benefit in some way for you to find some sort of addiction? Oh yes. Well, I yeah, I always used alcohol um, all through my life, um, and I working in a hospitality environment. Oh that's that's empowering um for your for your addictive behavior so i'd always used alcohol it was always my way of feeling better um it would make me feel at ease in social situations um or it was as a chef um about getting in with the boys because uh, it's very much a boys club and, and commercial kitchens um so yeah if you can let rip and party party with the best of them yeah, so I had a high tolerance for alcohol. And to be honest, I have parents that have been addicted to alcohol at various times in their life. Um, so yeah, if you want to blame genetics, I suppose I'm a bit predisposed to alcohol. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, um, Sorry, Tammy, you have to jump in there. I've gone off on a train of thought. And that's okay, because actually uh, it ties in quite nicely with um, something that stood out to me in your article. And it made me 
feel uh, a bit weird. I, I wasn't comfortable with what I read. And it, it was that uh, you've been in a wheelchair and how you felt based on other people's perception of you. And it would be things like um, as if you were, uh, you know, uh, just less intelligent since you're now in a wheelchair and, and how people would lean over you to get something off the top shelf and uh, like tut at you as if, oh, you're in my way, move mm. person or thing. And the reason why it's, it made me think, oh, okay, I, I feel weird. Why is that? It's because I've done it. I, I haven't taken the time to look at someone in the eyes that's in a wheelchair. And yeah. I have definitely leant over someone to grab something off the shelf. And I felt a bit of shame when I read it. And so okay. I apologize <laughs> for my behaviors to anyone out there that's in a wheelchair. And it's made me aware that actually I really do need to change that. And what made me think about what you were just saying, yes, you're in victim uh, mode, but at the same time, there is a lot around you that's given off that negative vibe that makes you feel even worse in your situation. No matter if you're in a wheelchair or if you are, um, you're addicted to drugs or something, that judgment that we have on people isn't helpful, mm. really isn't yeah. helpful. So I make a public apology to, oh. to anyone out there where I've been judgmental and I will make it my goal to uh, to acknowledge the person they are a no. human and I don't know their story and I cannot judge them on that oh bless you Tammy Lord, uh, that's incredible that's 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 amazing and look before I'd been in a wheelchair I, I was exactly the same I was exactly the same as you Tammy you know we it it was you know, this accident has been an incredible blessing because I have seen the world from a different perspective and that the perspective of being in a wheelchair, it is incredible because, yeah, genuinely people, not, we, well, yeah, it, literally they talk down to you because that's where you're sitting down. Um, but honestly, they start speaking a bit slower to you so you get the message and you think oh my god what the hell happened there all I've done is move from a standing to a sitting position and you're seen as a moron basically um yeah and that and is that thing it is that thing of connecting with people's eyes um and you just didn't get that at all when you're in a wheelchair um it would be honestly to go to the supermarket you'd have to ready yourself and think, okay, I've got to be really, really happy and I've got to put on this big mask of being joyful. Oh, yes, we're at the supermarket. And it was almost like doing a comedy bit, a comedy routine that you're trying to engage with people but they're not seeing you and you have to be happy. You have to be happy, otherwise you're just some miserable git in a chair. Um, yeah, it was just a whole act. It was a whole performance that you had to do once you got into your out of the car and into that chair. And oh my God, the if you if you stood up to get something off a shelf, wow, that was incredibly judging. People would just judge you so harshly because you're supposed to be paralyzed. There's only one reason you're in a wheelchair. You're supposed to be paralyzed. 
How dare you get up? How dare you get up? You're faking it. You're just faking it. So, oh, wow, what a different perspective. That it's really, it really was. Yeah. Oh, just. I'm, yeah. I'm laughing because I'm thinking about, that's a, that's a thought that would cross my mind. Yeah. Like, I, sometimes we just need to be called out on these things for us to realize <laughs> what the hell we are doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But if I, if I hadn't experienced it myself, then I, I, I wouldn't, <clears throat> I would be no different, Tammy. I'd be absolutely no different. And now it's, um, when, when now when I see other people in, in wheelchairs and, oh, the worst thing I, I get actually leveled at me is, well, it's all right for you. It's all right for you. Cause I'm usually in gym gear. So I'm looking fit and healthy as a butcher's dog, as they say. Um, and people in wheelchairs are thinking, well, why are you smiling at me? Because are you laughing at me now? And it's like, and I put my, I put my hand on them. Um, yeah, you can do that in New Zealand. You can actually touch people again. Um, and I just say, hey, look, I've been there. I've been there. I, is there anything I can do for you? And they're usually taken aback because as I, as I put in the article, you have a connection with other people in wheelchairs. You see people walking around the walkers. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we're just so used to not being seen um, that, yeah, you expect that if you show some kindness to someone in a wheelchair, they'll be surprised as hell. They'll be so surprised. <laughs> that's, that's the state we're at. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I make a promise that I, my, I, I like to do random acts of kindness. And Beautiful. when I see someone in a wheelchair, I'm going to acknowledge them and make them feel noticed. Uh, maybe oh. I'll give some words of wisdom. I don't know. I'll see what happens in the moment, but I will, yeah, I, I will not ignore them moving forward. You will absolutely make their day. You will absolutely transform their day. Absolutely. It's like, it's like when you see a homeless person as well. The thing that, um, yeah, I take, even if I'm not going to give money, I always just say good morning and look them in the eye because they're but for the grace of God. Um, I would have been homeless as well um, in that situation. So, yeah, it's, it is. It's just that human connection, isn't it? It's just that thing, you know, it's just taking the moment to say good morning to someone, but looking them in the eye when you do it, you know, connecting. Oh, perfect. So um, you were in this negative loop. You were spiraling mm. out of control. What were the mm. moments that made you go, oh, I need to get out of this victim mentality and I need to do something about it. Mm. Oh yeah, that powerful moment, that powerful moment. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd had uh, eight operations on my leg, so I was walking again, but I was still heavily addicted to my pain meds and alcohol. I was, I was honestly, it was ridiculous. I would even drive around in that state. Um, and it wasn't until I, I, you know, my mother passed away three years ago. And so, you know, I had to come out to New Zealand and sort out the estate and that sort of thing. Um, and I went to, yeah, oh, the nausea. I had so much nausea every single day, every single day, this debilitating nausea that mm, if I got up and I could manage to keep some breakfast down, I thought, oh, that, that's a, it's going to be okay today. Um, but quite often I'd start throwing up from an early point. So I went to my doctor here in New Zealand 
And I knew I had a problem with my pain medication. Um, I was relying on it. And when he said to me, he started doing, you know, he started making these noises. Ooh, ooh, coming off oxycodone. Ooh, morphine. Um, how much, how many milligrams are you taking each day? Oh, now, he said, I'm going to phone someone. This is my doctor saying, I'm going to phone someone. This is a bit above my pay grade. Um, he phoned someone and he, he immediately said, right, Kim, I'm going to get you enrolled into the methadone program out at the hospital. Um, and you'll have to turn up there each morning at your allotted time. And you're going to get methadone. That's the only way. That's the only way you can come off oxycodone safely. And I left his office. I went back to my best mate's kitchen. And I was standing there with a glass of wine, <laughs> of course. Um, and I was looking out, out of the window and I just thought, wow, what the fuck have you done to yourself, Kim? What the fuck have you done to yourself? Excuse my language, but that was honestly, it just that thought just over and over in my head. And it's absolutely, sorry, we get a bit emotional. Um, yeah, it was the realization that I'd done this to myself. There was nobody else, nobody else taking those pills, nobody else throwing that alcohol down my face. It was all me, I'd done this to myself. I was now 50 years old and I was no better than a junkie on the street. I was gonna be turning up at that methadone clinic with all the other smackies, all the other people, um, you know, the, you know, sorry to say it, but the low lifes, you know, people. And, and I was this respectable white middle-aged woman. I was gonna be lining up with those same people and it's just, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I just with the thought, what the fuck have you done to yourself? And that was exactly the moment when I realized that if I've done it to me, then I can change this. I can change this. And it's all down to me. Nobody else, nobody else at all. And I thought, it's not, it's not going to happen that I turn up at that clinic. I'm not, I'm just not going to do it. That was the, that was the line for me. It was the line that I was not prepared to cross. And I thought, no, no, there's got to be another way. There's got to be, there's got to be another way. You don't have to take more drugs and more booze to get out of the situation. That is counterintuitive to me um, that you just replace one with another. So that's when I literally started looking, my mindset changed and believe it or not, all of a sudden I started getting information on masterclasses. Um, that was a far more holistic way to go. And that was, it was honestly, it was that turning point for me, Tammy, mm -hmm. just realizing that I've got, it's only down to me. I've got the power to change this. Yeah. Do you have to get to the point of, you know, that break before you change that mentality or could that have been done prior to that moment? I, I actually believe um, that everybody's got to find their own rock bottom. They have to, they absolutely have to find their rock bottom. They have to find that point that 
I'm done with it, you know, and, and it is it is that moment when you say, I've had enough of this crap. I've had enough. You have to get, and that's that's everybody's rock bottom. You have to, and, and it can be different things to different people, of course. Um, but yeah, you've got to find that level where you're just not prepared to take any more of it anymore. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Okay. And then you found a solution. What was that solution? And did it work the first time? Was it quite easy to transform? Um, well, no, I'm not going to say it's easy. Um, but the, the program that I found, I, you know, I don't know if you've heard of the platform Mind Valley. Um, they do, they've got lots of transformational stuff on there. Um, but they offered masterclasses. And it was just this one guy, Eric Edmeads he started saying, he started telling his story on health and and it just, it, it lined up. It just lined up. But you had to, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to get all woo-woo on you or anything, but it's, it's when um, maybe it's the law of attraction stuff and everything. But when you start asking the right questions, you start getting the right information back. And yeah, it, it just dropped into my lap. Like attend this masterclass and what was being said to me made so much sense, made so much sense. And, and yeah, it was a 90 day challenge. And, and I just, I jumped in, I jumped in with both feet. It, it just, yeah, it really resonated with me. Um, and it was all about, yeah, taking responsibility. So, yeah. Can you describe what World Fit is? I'm not familiar with it myself. Mm. Well, it's it's a program i mean there are loads of weight loss programs out there <clears throat> um this wasn't about weight loss this was about health for a start um because yeah god you you name the diet program i've already done it um apart from jenny craig i won't buy their food um but uh yeah it, this it, it, the thing was it was almost apologetic about the fact that you'll lose weight as well. Um, but it was more about, is your health suffering? I, do you have these conditions? Are you a middle-aged person that has got used to um, having blood pressure medications, high cholesterol medications? You know, well, there is another way. And that resonated with me. So it was, and the thing with it was, it addressed my mindset around food. I stopped. I can, I can, like, I'll, I'll tell you straight up. My favorite things are gummy bears and all those sweets. And if they've got sour twisted, a bit of a sour twist, oh, yes, please. I'll buy bags of that crap. I can now walk down the sweet aisle and not even look at those foods anymore. That's what this program did. It was about releasing your addiction. Uh, great word, addiction to certain foods. And also with the, with the program, it taught me how our bodies work, um, what signals our body gets from the food that we eat. And it made sense to me because if you think about, um, well, how does a bear know to go into a hibernation? Um, how does a squirrel know to start gathering nuts and that winter's coming and it's sort of it's all to do with the food that we eat it sends signals to our body and tells it to store fat when you're eating sugar um, you're eating this combination of foods it'll tell your body 
to store fat because it's getting ready for a lean time. Um, all this stuff, it was an education on how our bodies work. Um, and that was liberating, absolutely liberating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is why I said about at the beginning, uh, your mind was your success. Just shifting that and understanding what's going on, having the awareness and then mm. using your mental strength to, to make better decisions for you, to walk Absolutely. past those gummy bears. And I used to do the same thing. It was chocolate. I got myself into a habit of uh, driving past the garage and I would have my one chocolate bar a day. I promised myself I can have one chocolate bar a day because that's okay because that's moderation. But I didn't need that chocolate bar. Yeah. It was just my association. I'd drive home like, oh, garage. Yes, I haven't had my one chocolate bar today. And just changing that. And same as you, I knew that my success was kicking in when I walked past the chocolate and I didn't want it. Yes, yes. That's absolutely it, Tammy. Getting mindful about why we make those choices around food. And it is, it's, it's those things. I've had a good day. I've had a bad day, whatever. I'll give myself permission to have the chocolate bar each day, um, the glass of wine at five o'clock. Um, yeah, we set ourselves up with those brules. I'll call them brules because they're bullshit rules. And we make them for ourselves, don't we? we? We absolutely do it. And getting mindful around those things, oh, you'd be amazed at how much time you spend thinking about food um, and giving yourself permission for those things that, yeah, good day, bad day, somebody else's birthday, the dogs had a birthday um you know you just make up invent any any stupid rule or brule around food and mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's a that's why a great connection yeah yeah why is then wild fit helpful so you mentioned that you know it was really uh, powerful for you is it mm. suitable for victims only or are there other case studies in which wild fit really helps Oh my goodness, um, just anecdote, it's only in ever anecdotal evidence, but anybody that has problems with diabetes, 100%, um, I, I, I can go out on a limb here and say 100%, either if they're a type one diabetic, their medications have been reduced to, their insulin levels have come right down, or if they're a type two like I was, um, yeah, God, I've forgotten about that. Um, yeah, I was I was diagnosed as a type two diabetic, um, which it, it is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle disease. It's absolutely an epidemic. Um, but yeah, you will one hundred percent reverse the condition if you follow the Wildfoot principle. Um, it, it it really is that powerful. Um, I'm not joking. I, I came up after three months, I'd come off all my medications. And that was incredible. Um, you should, you should, you're supposed to go to the doctor, actually, you know, like, we're not doctors a while, but um, you should go and have your levels, your blood levels managed. I just knew from taking my blood pressure medications that I was feeling weird. It was like I, I almost could flip the other way. So I stopped taking them. And then I was taking, then I was doing my own readings and found out that I'd normalized my blood pressure. Um, I, I went back and had my blood test done and they couldn't believe that I'd gone from 8.4 on the, on the reading for diabetics 
down to 4.1. And that was stable. Um, when your blood sugar is that low, it's like I'd, I'd reversed my diabetes. And they said, yeah, but that's not possible. Um, well, I'm living proof it, it is possible. And anybody that's done the program reports exactly the same thing. Um, and, and for me, oh, the most life-changing thing was the depression went. That hanging black cloud that's just waiting to shit all over your life. Anytime you're feeling good, that depression cloud um, had lifted. And it wasn't sitting in a corner waiting for me. It's gone. It's gone. And But I learned through the program that if you know, sugar causes inflammation in the body and an inflamed system is an inflamed brain and that's a depressed brain. And, you know, wow, wow. Can you imagine, Tammy? I've suffered from depression since I was a teenager. Just varying levels of happiness, um, but it's now gone. And so, yeah, I've turned into one of those annoying people that's so happy all the time, all the time. It's just... Woo! You know, like on so many of my emails now, I go, woo! And people think I'm just gone mad, but it's just, it's how I feel. It's just such a release. It's incredible. <laughs> well, that's really, it's, it's really great to hear. And the key point there is you get what you tolerate. If you want to tolerate a life that's uh, reliant on the medication, that's what you're mm. going to get. If you want to find another way, an alternative, and you want to transform, you will get that. So which one is it? You choose. Absolutely. Oh, Tammy, you said it perfectly. You said it perfectly. We do. We choose to live a watered-down life because sometimes it's more comfortable, it's easier. And, you know, look, I, have, I do have clients that will start the first two weeks of the program, and it's it's pretty hard to actually mess up the first two weeks of wildfoot honestly it is but but i have people that go oh no you're asking me to introduce a smoothie oh no it's too difficult no it's too difficult um and and i you know like i'd have their medical history i've asked them you know what kind of life are you what medications are you taking and some people just really find it safe and secure that they can get up each day, they can take their prescribed medicines, and that's what they've been told to do. Um, and there's comfort in that. There's comfort in knowing that, yes, I'm a person that um, suffers from high blood pressure. I, I, I'm genetically, oh, this is a great one. People will say, oh, but genetically predisposed to having a high blood pressure and high cholesterol, because my father and my mother and you know, my grandmother probably had it, um, you know, and, and then they just, there's a comfort in that of knowing, oh, yeah, tick, yeah, no, I'm just like the rest of my family. I'm just like, you know, I'm just like everybody else in my age group. And, and yeah, they just settle. They settle for a life um, because it's normal. It's normal. And I, I, I'm, I'm living proof that you can change it if you want to, if you want it. That is the key, if you want it. And a lot of people, yeah, the first hurdle, nah, go back to something safe. Mm -hmm. Exactly, that's it. I have um, Raynards in my hands, uh, my fingers and my toes and wintertime it hurts. And uh, I have family members um, who also have it as well. 
and I've seen how they would behave with it. So I just copy their behaviors. Uh, and then I thought to myself, I was like, no, I, I, I choose not to accept this. There has to be another way. And along came Wim Hof. And the, there's the ice method, uh, there's a breathing technique. And so I'm going to start doing the Wim Hof method for my hands wow. and feet, which means I have to put them into really cold water. Uh, I don't like the idea of that. Like, why would I, why would I want to go into cold water? That's just ridiculous. It's going to hurt. I'm not going to enjoy it. However, yes, it's hard, mm. but at the end of it, I'm going to see changes and that's going to help my health. And so it's that decision. It's no, I do not accept this for what it is. I'm going to do something about it and oh, see what it yes. me. Yes, Timmy, that is brilliant. Oh my God, that's so fantastic. That's awesome. You're taking control and you're taking control of it. Mm, exactly. Yeah. Brilliant. I, I love have it. The power of my destiny. It's up to me and I, I choose where and, it goes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, that's a joy to hear. Yes, you have the power. It's all <laughs> down to you. Good on you, babe. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. That's great. So for those that have that shift, go, no, I don't want to accept this you now offer wild fit to to mm -hmm. others like why are you doing that you could be a well, chef again yeah yeah i i could i could but my joy um i absolutely believe this i believe that my story has been given to me this is where i see it as a blessing tammy um you don't get to experience life the way I have and then not want to share it and show other people that, that yeah, I took it to the extremes. I mean, God damn it. I, I, you know, like, did I need to be hit over the head with a brick to realize that I had the power to change it? Yes, I, clearly I did. I had to take it to the absolute lowest point. Other people don't have to do that. You've got the power. You've got the power to change. And now that now that I've gone through the program and seen what a transformation you can do in 90 days, it's my passion. It's my absolute passion to, to share the message. Um, even if it's not, you don't have to become a client of mine. I just want to share my message that everybody has the power to change. It is all down to you. Uh, I mean, I love cooking. I do still love cooking. But uh, yeah, it's not my future is not in making food for other people. Um, I'll show you how to make healthy food. That's the gift I can give of my 25 years as a chef is that I'll show you that eating healthy is not a big scary thing. You don't have to buy weird stuff from a health food shop. Um, you can buy everything in your local supermarket and live a healthy life. So I can show you that bit. Um, but it's my passion to show people that everyone can transform. Absolutely everyone. It's, it's all inside you. It's all inside you. Yeah. <laughs> so based on what you've shared today, what is the one key advice that you would give to the listeners? The one key piece I'd give is the realization that it doesn't matter where you are currently. You can be facing, oh, unbelievably bad times with your health, but you've got, it's within you to change. 
It's within you to grasp it and realize that there is something you can be doing differently. And it's all down to your mindset. And that's the one key, key bit of advice I'd give people. Yeah. Good. And do you have any services, any products available to help the listeners to go to Yellow? Well, yes. I mean, I, I, I have become a trained um, person in Wildfit. So I will help you. If you want to do the Wildfit program, please get in touch with me. Um, even if you just want to find out a bit more about it. Um, absolutely. I'm, I'm a certified coach for Wildfit. I've done my, you know, I've got my certification and everything and I'll help you on your journey. I'll back you up 100% of the way. Um, so yes, please get in touch. If you'd like to learn more about the Wildfit method that transformed my life, taught me how my body works and um, yeah, then please get in touch. Please get in touch with me. How can the listeners get in touch with you? Right. Well, the easiest way is just send me an email at kim at shapeyourhealth.solutions. That's, that's the best way to get in touch with me. Or through my LinkedIn profile. Um, I, I love LinkedIn. That's, that's, a, that's my favorite platform. Um, and also, yeah, I'm on Facebook as well. But yeah, the first two through email and through LinkedIn would be the best way to get in touch with me. Brilliant. Kim is available to support you, guide you and inspire you on a journey to yellow. Reach out to her today. Help is here. It is always here, but you must take the first step. Details can be found in the description. Kim, thank you for your words of wisdom today and in the Yellow Magazine. May your life be yellow. <laughs>